0: Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in alpha collectives discord server discord.gg forward slash alpha collective it is free it always will be free there are no strings there is no bait and switch if you like to listen live and even participate come onto stage comment in our back chat you can do that whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's no agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web 3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption so give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot. This is The Collective Café to go. And uh, we have a live studio audience today which is amazing and uh, welcome to The Collective Café. It is May 1st. It's, It's May 1st. Is it May Day? May 1st. Um, it is May first. Four months of the year are gone, and uh, we are now we're we're now starting. I don't know the next four. So maybe if we want to break the year into thirds, we've just begun the second third today. Um, Mr. Bez, uh, good to see you in the audience. Uh, good to be back home. Good to be back in front of the uh, recording machine, so that this becomes a podcast. Uh, <clears throat> we launched, I think actually, uh, was it Friday morning, um, we uh, sent out the email. I think it was Friday, maybe it was Thursday morning. Um, but um, the launch of Alpha Collective, May 10th, New York City. Um, the POAP today actually is a QR code that will take you to the invite if you are interested in attending. Uh, we also We also have a nice little uh, URL, a little bit.ly. Who doesn't like a good little bit.ly URL? Uh, that bit.ly URL is bit.ly, B-I-T dot forward slash business of web three. And uh, that will take you to the invite. So we're hoping to launch. Um, it doesn't have to be with a bang. Um, I, I've never been a fan <clears throat> of the fireworks display, the big spectacular firework display. That uh, booms and then fizzles and then the sky returns to darkness. That's the Super Bowl. You know, that's the Super Bowl. If you think about it, um, I'm I'm more interested in slow burn. And look, <laughs> you can't have more of a slow burn than Alpha Collective. That's for sure. It's been it's been a year in the making. It's been a year in the making, <clears throat> and the market has just been awful, and um, and it just just hasn't felt like the right time. But then again, you know, on the flip side, sometimes you just have to say, just do it. Sometimes you just got to pull the trigger and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. So May 10th, we <clears throat> have an uh, an event sponsored by Deloitte in New York City. Um, we have a panel that is uh, going to be confirmed this week, but I can tell you a little bit of alpha Uh, Sandy Carter, COO of Unstoppable Domains, is going to be on the panel. Uh, We also have someone from AB InBev and uh, just waiting to confirm them this week and probably one or two more people. And, uh, you know, look, we're going to talk about the fact that, you know, the timing has, you know, first of all, the timing is never right, but also the timing has never felt more right. And, And what I mean by that is, look, <clears throat> life gets in the way that's just how it works life gets in the way there's always a crisis there's always a fire there's always something going on internally and externally it's just the way of the world sometimes it you know hits us over the head like a ton of bricks and affects us all like covid did um, other times there are personal uh, problems or crises, or or maybe just even things that are endemic to you, your brand, your industry, your company, um, etc. And sometimes you've just got to like put it out there. Um, so we launch um, at the moment. Um, we will announce and share the vision, make it real. You know, one of the things that that was funny for me. and it will, you know, listen, we'll we'll see whether it proves to be correct or not. I, I, I certainly hope it does, because in a way, it's a negative proof, which was, sometimes we're just afraid to just put it out there. We kind of want to, we want to use pencil, not pen, right? We want to limp in, we want to hedge our bets, we want to have a safety net or a contingency plan, and life doesn't always work that way. And um, and so that's you know, I mean that we announced Alpha Collective. I I've spoken about it. I haven't stopped speaking about it. Um, but I can tell you that um, when it comes to you know just putting it out there and just saying this is real, um, this is you know like like. The best thing to do is just is just to 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 say, you know, it's happening, have an event and then figure out how to how to fill the event. I mean, it's almost like a, it's, it's a problem, but it's a good problem. You know, now how do you put the bums in seats? But but here's the point is that, you know, until until the press release, until the event, it doesn't seem real to people. And that's what I'm hoping that's what i'm 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 banking on um is that now it seems real like wait a second you've got an event you've got people coming to the event um it's it's a it's a good thing to have um and we'll see and 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 we'll see how how it shapes up um so there's a lot of um a lot of work to be done this week and um <clears throat> and you know. Got to move some, got to move some mountains uh, as well, and uh, and I think it's possible, and and, and I'm excited. Um, so, if you can support it in any way, um, that would be that would be amazing. Um, if you are in New York City, May 10th, it would be even better uh, to come to the event. Share the event: bit.ly forward slash business of Web 3. And by the way. And by the way, um, I can also tell you um, that um, the, um, the POAP code today um, might just have that same code as well. Um, everything is going to be focused on the business of Web3. And uh, if you want to know how to spell that for a POAP, which will go live at 8.59 a.m., um, you don't even need to have to guess. All you have to do is just look in the cafe chat and you will see exactly how you need to capitalize your T, your B and your and your and your W of web 3. So let's move on to talking a little bit about I mean it's manifest it's manifesting Monday and uh I want to talk a little bit about you know, obviously, what the week looks like um, moving ahead. Um, it is a week for me um, that I need to put bums in seats. And you know, being very honest and transparent, I kind of wish I'd, I, and now I, I kind of wish I had an extra week, um, but I don't have it, and so I need to kind of just work twice as hard and twice as intense this week in order to get the word out. You know, the thing about New York City. Um, that I found, I found two things with respect to New York City um, in terms of events. Number one is that um, you know, I mean, in in both cases, um, it's a it's a very tough market to have an event because everything is so accessible and uh, everything is so busy. Everyone is so busy. And so for that reason, what happens is if you plan something too far out, like two months, three months, four months in advance, chances are no one's going to show up. The other thing is that regardless of when you plan it, people aren't going to show up. So generally when you put an event, you can kind of like bank on maybe 20 to 30% of the people that register don't show up for whatever reason, especially if it's a free event. In New York City, it's about 50%. So, if you want to have a hundred people show up, you've got to make sure that one hundred and fifty have registered, maybe even more it's just the way it is um Stuff comes up last minute, and there's a there's a degree of inertia in New York City because of public transportation you know I think it's different when you have a car when you can come and go as you please um when you're not at the mercy of i mean listen the subways run often and and it's not like it's unreliable, you know, but there's traffic. There, there are a lot of reasons to procrastinate or to defer or to bail on an event <clears throat> in New York City. Um, it's just what I found throughout my life. Um, there are a couple of other factors, you know, as well. Um, New York City has so much choice. There's so much stuff going on that you really, really, um, it is an embarrassment of riches, and so the event has got to be so compelling, for example, so exclusive, whatever, for someone to really make the commitment and keep the commitment. So I feel that, you know, if you are um, notified of an event that is happening next week or 10 days out, um, you know, 5 to 8 p.m., your chances of attending it are much higher um, if you are able to know that your commitment or your, your calendar or schedule is clear closer to the time versus further out, because chances are something is going to come up. The other thing, and this is just a truth, a truism in life, is, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can say it in, a, in the most self-deprecating way, but you get what you pay for. So if an event is free, um, then, then you, you should have low expectations. Um, on the flip side, if you pay for something, then you expect something back. And the more you pay for it, you know, the more you expect back. That's why with premium or luxury goods. Um, That's why even with a hotel, when you pay a lot, you expect a lot. You don't expect poor service. You don't expect um, long wait times or unresponsiveness. The same applies, by the way, when you are a high status, like with an airline or a loyalty program. You expect better service. Why? Why? Um, because you are a more valued customer or more valuable customer. The the two are one and the same, valued and valuable for the most part. Um, you certainly have more um, expectations when you have paid to play, um, as it were. And of course, with loyalty, I mean, you're there for a reason because you've given them so much business. So you expect more in return. You expect them to know your name, you expect them to remember your history, you expect them to go the extra mile, you expect them to go above and beyond, you expect them to be autonomous and empowered and know how to, how to um, solve your problem versus have to kind of defer or escalate um, or actually even worse, say no. And so the thing with a free event is, is you truly do get what you pay for. Um, and at least that's expectation. So if you are on the reverse side of that, you have to work harder. You have to work harder to get people into the room. Now, look, this is a free event, right? It's the launch of Alpha Collective, but we have a goal, right? We, I have two goals. Um, there is a soft goal and a hard goal. The soft goal is to get the word out there: is this thing is real? Go check out the website. Uh, contact me if you have any questions. Find out more. The hard goal is for people to buy um, membership, um, and and that membership is the same as it was on day one. It's twenty five hundred dollars for a one year membership. I think the beauty of it is, is the fact that it still hasn't started yet. So yeah, there are people that have bought, um, and and they still have a membership pass. And that membership pass, it's not like it's you know, it's not like well, there's only two months left. No, you don't even you haven't even paid for one day of it. Um, so you have 365 days of value that is still to come. Um, and, um, and most likely what we're going to do, just based on where we are in timing, is we launch May 10th, which is next Thursday, for those of you that are listening kind of live to the pod. Um, and we will go live in terms of, of all systems go, um, most likely the Tuesday after Labor Day. So between now and then, we will start to do much more activity in the Discord server in terms of membership engagement as we get more and more people to buy membership. But the actual commitment of the 52 Alpha Talk speakers um, and starting to roll out events and masterminds, etc., that will take place uh, closer to Labor Day just because you know, the, the dog days of summer are such that, you know, from Memorial Day, for those of you that are in the US, I think you know that, you know, after the third Monday in May, um, through July 4th, and then beyond July 4th, uh, things do tend to slow down a tad. And and I still feel right now that the market is, um, remember the quote that I've been using, which is, you um, you know, it feels like we're late to a party that hasn't started already. Um, and and that's still where we are right now. You know, I just came back from consensus and, um, and, and still, like, you know, I mean, I'm going to talk about consensus today. I'm going to talk about consensus tomorrow as well, depending on how we go with timing. Um, but there were very, very, very few marketers at consensus. I mean... You know, the same thing I saw um, at the ANA's, um, you know, Masters of Marketing. Now, that was last October. That was not a Web3 event. But just in terms of actual Web3 people there, I mean, there was Matt Wurst and myself, two of us, at the event in October, and and Matt left Mint. Um, He was at Mint, um, and um, um, he left, you know, and, um, you know, so... So I don't know how many dedicated Web3 people were there other than the two of us. And when we look at consensus, yeah, there was a, you know, there was a woman from Pepsi and there was a woman from uh, um, Anheuser-Busch. They were speakers. You know, I wonder how many marketers actually paid their way there to be there, um, you know, wanting to learn, wanting to connect, wanting to collaborate. Now, there was a boatload of technology companies there. Um I didn't look like, recognize any of them, but they're whether they're DeFi or 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 privacy or safety or security or you know or you know auditing or um or you know there was one called antivirus for Web three which sounded very intriguing, but there are a lot of people apparently with a lot of money uh, and and a lot of sponsors that are you know committed. To building this infrastructure and ecosystem, and if that is any, um, if that is any indication of where we're heading, um, then you know, strap in and and buckle up and get ready for the ride. Because wow, there are a lot of companies. I mean, if I, on a different day in a different life, I would have actually just gone up and down the aisles and spoken to every single company and just found out what they do and how they do it. Um, it was way too technical for me, to be honest. If I'm being very honest, like, and um, <clears throat> I chose to rather spend time. It was what was called Stage X, uh, which on the Thursday that I was there, I was there three days. Um, actually, I, I lie. On the Wednesday, I should say was what they called the brand and marketer track, <clears throat> and then I don't know if they continued it into Thursday. But Thursday there were more sessions there. And then uh, finally on, on Friday, I came for one or two more. Um, and uh, one of the panels was great. Um, CMO of Doodles um, was there and, and we connected. I also heard Daniel Allegri, uh, who is the new CEO of Yuga. He was there. Of course, I met William Shatner, um, who spoke. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, th- I mean, for sure, the best is yet to come. Now I was, I was thinking kind of like, um, <clears throat> let me let me pause for a second and just clear my throat. You know that this happens from time uh, to time. Oh, I see something that says unmute music. Let me just see what happens if I do that. That's weird that there's like you know backing music like while I'm talking. Maybe I'll do that while I'm mute. <laughs> I wonder if you heard the music while I was clearing my throat. Let's try it again. Now, I would assume you can hear the music right now, but when I hit mute, do you stop hearing the music? <coughs> I'm not really sure, but anyway, I'm back. Um, and I've completely lost my train of thought, but I'll find it again. Oh, so some, some very high-level uh, thoughts that came out of the session. And then, you know, what I thought I would do is maybe go through my notes and read to you all my individual notes. But there was this huge, um, uh, I mean, I just heard it multiple times, this idea and this expression of value as opposed to engagement or as opposed to utility, um, that everything is moving now to value. How much value is being demonstrated? How much value is being created? How much value is being perceived? How much value is being consumed? Um, that that's where everything is moving from. You know this this recognition that um, and and I mean I think it's I think it's an important component of this Web three conversation that so much of this was financial, you know i mean hell all this these conversations about you know on the tech side right and and the business side or the finance side defi and you know altcoins and shitcoins and you know and and you know and looking at bitcoin and i mean so much of this was was pure you know this idea of day trading and you know still to this day you see all these people talking about showing these these curves and red and green and it looks like like we're operating on the stock market, and I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the whole NFT space, it was the same thing, and it still is for the most part. You, you are buying uh, based on flipping. You are buying based on this idea that you might sell. And, and this is why, you know, it, it reinforced something that I said a long time ago. Um, which is the key thing to do is to buy two with everything, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that initially when when Fanzo started talking about it, he had his what he called, um, you know, three by three by three or something like that or three by three. And, you know, it, it, it turns out that it was probably not, the perfect advice, but it was a, a lot closer to it. It was probably the right advice for the wrong reasons. And I, and I think what he had said initially is you want to buy one to keep forever. You want to buy one uh, to, I think it was to f- to sell pre-reveal and then maybe one to sell post-reveal or something like that. And and the whole idea was, I mean, if you think about it, in in that day and age, at that time, um, these projects always had um, they always had surges, right? Because uh, so let's take a step back for a second and talk about that. So what would happen is there was more demand than there was supply back in the early days of the NFT. Certainly, when the NFT um, craze was at its um, highest or most pronounced and so what would happen is the only way to get the nft was through a whitelist or an allow list etc so much so i mean i remember many times i remember driving up uh, on a little mini vacation up into massachusetts and uh, i pulled the car over to try and buy it was probably psychedelics anonymous or something and i was just unable to and i remember in being in the parking lot of walgreens trying to get the in-betweeners and And this stuff just sold out in seconds, like seconds sometimes, minutes, seconds. And, uh, you know, so much so that many of these NFT collections would, um, they would actually limit how many you could buy. Can you imagine limiting how much you could buy now? I mean, now they're like practically giving them away. So think about that for a second, how crazy the times were. A, you had to get on an allow list. And to get on the allow list wasn't that easy. I mean you had to like literally sell your 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 unborn child, you know you had to like like this and retweet this and be in a raffle and remember the raffle half of them had raffles you know you couldn't even you you were lucky if you got on the allow list through through a raffle because there was just so much demand i mean we would see some of these allow lists had thirty thousand wallets um for you know a ten thousand dollar um a ten thousand unit. Collection. So this was this was the state of the market. Demand way exceeded supply, and when demand way exceeded supply, with these allow lists, where I mean, some people had to grind in Discord servers for weeks, months, days, whatever—days, weeks, months—to um, to like and retweet and participate to to get that coveted allow list spot. And this was at a time, remember, when ETH was three to four thousand dollars and and these collections were not launching at 0.01 they were launching at you know 0.25 or 0.33 or you know that i mean it it was you know it was a 1000 bucks minimum for you know to to get an nft i'm mean, not minimum but on average maybe i should say so this this was the times we were living in so you would buy and immediately um you know, people would start not dumping them, but, you know, going like kind of a bit of arbitrage and you would see, yeah, the mint price was, let's say the pre-sale was uh, making it up, you know, 0.15 and then there was the general sale was 0.25 and even that sold out. And so it wasn't uncommon to be able to get a 0.33 or 0.5 or even higher on open sea. So, you know, according to Fanzo's, approach right you're going to keep one regardless you're going to sell one at a profit before reveal it's key to say before reveal why um because you know this was still the the um uh the dopamine hit this was still the am i going to hit the jackpot uh, am I going to get lucky? Am I going to get a rare, a super rare, an ultra rare, like trading cards, right? Am I going to pack Messi or Ronaldo or Mbappe or Neymar, you know, like if you were on FIFA, whatever. This was the, gamble, the gambling part of the whole NFT craze. And so the minute that the reveal happened, what would happen is the price would tend to drop. Because a lot of people would be disappointed with what they got, maybe some people bought ten in order to find that rare they didn't maybe they found the one rare, and so they wanted to dump the other eight or nine um and so that third one maybe you sold because you did get a slight rare one, or as you know fans would say often sometimes you would you would you know maybe um. Sell one rare like rareish one in order to get the one that you truly wanted, or sometimes you 'd sell two in order to buy a rare so there were different ways to be able to trade up or or trade or trade down or whatever um, and and this was the state this was the three by three by three, I think he called it, or and certainly that 's why you bought three at the time now obviously you know that changed radically um uh, i mean not radically but it changed it eventually changed and it was maybe a radical change i should say and what would happen is you would find that it was actually cheaper to buy on open than it was even as far as the mint was concerned because um eventually people were were smart and smart to kind of identify these short term arbitrage um opportunities um etc and as we know today, there are much fewer active trading wallets um, than, than we'd like to admit and uh, right now you can't give uh, NFTs away, it seems at the best of times. Um, and so my you know my feeling was there's almost this um, you know the way I look at it is I, I guess I guess my point is this: can we truly strip the financial aspect of nfts out the model can we truly do that can we truly say that that the money has absolutely nothing to do with the purchase Um, that's a hypothesis and i think we can just like address that maybe a little later today um, and put that on the side Um, but until that is true so let's just assume that whether it's true or not true or should be true or could be true um, it's almost this idea of saying um, the goal here is for this, um, you know, I would, always, uh, I would always say, you know, with my companies that I had, even with Crayon, I said, you know, I bring someone in and I would say, your goal is to, you know, help, your first goal is to help me package this company, you know, work on the valuation and get to the point where we have a buyer for this company and then your second goal is to convince me not to sell. So your goal is to, I'm bringing you aboard to help me sell the company. So in other words, that means packaging it, merchandising it, maximizing it, you know, uh, showcasing it, and then eventually getting the offer. And then your second goal is now convince me not to sell. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you want to get to the point where there is real value being created, demonstrated um, you know, and 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 appreciated by an external source, an investor, an acquirer, and then you want to kind of resist the urge to cash in or cash out or sell prematurely, too early for too low, and and I think that's to me is still the way that I look at this NFT space, which is your goal is like you're you're buying these things, um, and you're saying, oh, I'll never sell, you know. I mean I've just said that I will never sell uh my my doodle um but the reality is that if that doodle increases to a certain level it's going to be really really hard not to So so how I mean so let, let me let me look at I'm going to look at some uh, of the the prices today I bought my doodle at 3.7 I I monitor you know when it dropped and everything and there was just like almost mutiny and I was like you know what I really believe in what the on, on what they're doing in what they're doing we're not an NFT company you know they just actually this week this past week acquired a studio um, they have some pretty senior people working there if any collection is going to be able to turn itself into a media brand and into a a multi-channel omni-channel asset it's going to be doodles um, they're going to be one of them and I could afford it barely um, and I had to like sell and beg and borrow and steal and move things around but eventually I bought it for 3.7 now it dropped I mean and it dropped and it dropped and it dropped and I was like what the hell you know yet again even in this crypto winter I have I'm a loser I'm a I'm a Yet again I sold too soon. Um, and I think it dropped the average price was two point three five maybe at a point. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take a little um, a little screenshot for you. I'm looking at the last uh, the last few sales, by the way. Uh 3.045, 2.9, 2.8, 2.86, a lot a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of two point eight six. It's a weird that they're all there at two point eight six. Um but but right now they are two point nine seven five. So I mean I, I want to show you. I'm gonna actually just take a screenshot and then just post um kind of the the uh tra- I can never get that word right, the trajectory um of doodles and you can see why I bought it when I bought it. Um so let me just post that in the uh, in the cafe chat. Um, And you can see, like, even though it dropped all the way to 2.3, okay, I just posted it now so you can have a look at it. I mean, you can see that Doodles was for a long, long time, you know, hanging out in the 15 ETH range and even as high as, uh, on average, like 23 ETH. At the moment, it's dropped all the way down to... You can see that tiny little dip that that low, low, low right now is like that 2.3, two point three, two point four. Now it seems to be back up to three. There's no question that if Doodles is going to make it, right? And if they don't make it, I don't see how anyone can make it. But if they don't make it, um, that I've definitely bought at a good time. You know, it's it's a complete um, it's a complete like like you know uh, red herring or not, maybe not red herring. Um, but it's it's um, it's it's really really um, a fool's errand to be you know upset about not buying it at 2.3 uh, versus 3.7 the difference you know is so marginal and tiny compared to can you imagine buying it at 10 um, if you look at the chart again and you will see that there was there was this precipitous drop, the, you know, there, there've been a few drops, right? But the biggest, the, the two biggest one went from almost an average of about 23 down to 10, just a, let's call it 11. You can be sure people bought at 11 going, hell, I'm like, you know, I'm getting in on the bottom. And then they probably, you know, high-fived each other till, you know, to the moon, because then it goes all the way up to 19, you know, call it and then drops even more precipitously um, to round about seven or eight and still dropped and dropped and dropped again. So it's definitely like sometimes we, you know, that's just greedy when you're like, oh, I could have bought it at 2.3. Yeah, I could have bought it at 2.3. I also could have bought it at 23, but I didn't. I bought it at 3.7, and I didn't have to deal with the – you know, with every day being obsessed on it, three point seven became three point six, became three point five. I probably would have bought it at three, and and so I would have been at where I wanted to. But for what I bought it for, two point three versus three point seven is meaningless. It's meaningless. I I have bought into what could become, you know, a massive media brand, and and you know what. This is the point I try to make earlier. I wish that I could have bought two. The only reason why I'm upset I didn't buy 2.3 is that I could have bought two for what would have been 4.6 instead of 1.43.7. Why do I want two? For the reasons I've been explaining. So that when, let's just say if, not when, because we don't know anything, but if and or when it does increase To five, to eight, to ten, to twelve, to fifteen, to twenty. Remember, all this time, ETH can also increase. So just let's let's just imagine, imagine that it goes to ten ETH and ETH is twenty five hundred dollars. Let's say three thousand dollars. That's thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars for this membership pass for this jpeg with a smart contract that's a car that's a car for one of my kids that i can buy outright outright walk into the dealership and buy an entire car (laughs) And, and and say congratulations to them so that's that's not the situation you want to be in now how How do I hope to get out of that situation? It's a hypothetical situation. Well, one is, and I don't know that I will be able to buy a second, so we can take that off the table. But the second one is the expression of value. If you know, if, for example, you know, we're in tough times at the moment, but let's just say, Uh, next year, South by Southwest doodles is back in a big way and they have a massive installation and I get to just, you know, not even, and there's a line around the block and I get to walk straight in and sit in this VIP section and get my swag and meet a few VIPs and go to the doodles party and be backstage and say, you know what? That was worth $3,000 to me or, or the value that I get on a daily basis is so um, immense that actually I'm not even worried about the price anymore. The for the concept of the forever NFT. See, the thing about the forever NFT is it can't really come from the seller. You know, we we talk about soul bound NFTs, and and we, you know, we as sellers, right? Me as the founder of Alpha Collective, you know, I'm telling people. If you can afford to and you are interested enough, please consider buying two. Why? So that you can flip one and keep one. You don't have to, but but the and 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 you're not buying it to flip it. I'm not encouraging you to flip it, but I am acknowledging that it's a part of, you know, it, it is it is human nature. It is human nature. So. If I truly understand my target audience, my customer, because I am essentially the, my customer, then I would say, listen, if this even doubles at any point in time, the floor just just increases to double what it was when you bought it. You can essentially sell your second one, and now you've paid for your first. So now you're in, now, now you're in for free. Now you're basically playing with the house's money. Now, that's not because i it's, you know, look not financial advice and do your own research, and but I'm just acknowledging the fact that this is how people are thinking. So, you know, we talk about the elephant in the room or, you know, ignorance is bliss. I, I think you just got to acknowledge the elephant, right, and say this is, you know, be, because the motivation here is to be able to say, I don't want you to be in a position ever where you are torn because there is so much value being given to you and delivered, and but you're sweating because you see that floor price because you need the money um, because you're now making maybe I don't want to say the wrong decision, but you may be making the right decision for the wrong reasons. Maybe is the is a better way to say it. the right decision is you need the money. You gotta take care of you gotta take care of you, but for the wrong reasons. Or well, maybe it's the wrong decision for the right reasons. Which one is it? Maybe it's the wrong decision. Maybe it's the wrong decision which is to sell the NFT for the right reasons because you need the money. Okay. I I, I, did, I corrected myself. So you're making the wrong decision for the right reasons. The problem the problem now is you're out the community. The problem now is that you're locked out. You don't have access to all of the networking, the value, um, the future value, the serendipity, the ability to be hired or to hire or to, you know, find out about a project that that you might want to invest into. You are now locked out. And that's, you know, in a way that goes back to the kind of, it's a different kind of a FOMO, Right. The fear of missing out was, was once what was spoken about with respect to coming into a collection. But I don't believe we've spoken about the FOMO of leaving a collection. That's, you know, one is a barrier to entry and the other one is a barrier to exit. And I think we need to start moving from the, the, the FOMOing in to the idea of FOMOing out. Right, FOMOing out means just in case, just in case, maybe you want to stick around, and I think that that's kind of how we move as founders um, of collections to being able to reevaluate. And the only way you do that, you see, the beauty of the FOMO in versus the FOMO out, is that the FOMO in was all based on hype and and promises and empty promises you know, and and what ifs. But the FOMOing out is, is more like it's not potential, it's actualized for the most part. You know, when you are in a community, when you are in a collection, when you're in a company, when you're part of something, the value is expressed, the value is evident. For example, if I was to say tomorrow that from now on I was going to start charging, um, you know, everyone's, you know subscriptions on Instagram and you know and Twitter etc. But if I was going to start charging ten dollars a month for the Collective Cafe, um, would you pay it? Right? Would you pay it? I, I mean, I would be shocked if people that are here would not pay that. Would not pay ten dollars a month, one hundred and twenty dollars a year um, to continue this dialogue. Why? Because of the expression, not the expression of value, because of the delivery of value, right? Now, you, of course, in this hypothetical example, you might say, "Well, you know, I don't want to pay ten dollars a month. Um, I'll just get the podcast." Well, what if the podcast was was gated as well? So now you're locked out of this one hour consistent conversation Monday through Friday. The only way, the only way that 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 i can be assured of or confident of being able to do that and not lose you is the fact that i need to be confident in the value and the utility that has been created and demonstrated consistently and delivered consistently to you so that's the fomo out versus the fomo in and 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 that's why as i said you know we are uh, at a very very interesting time i saw a tweet this weekend that said, would you buy a board Ape? And it's like 45 ETH at the moment. And I was like, hell yes, if I could afford one. I mean, just by the way, think about that for a second. A board Ape today in this uh, bear market, I'm just, you know, got to take out the old abacus here, um, is like, call it 45 times, I don't know, 1,900. It's 85000 $85,000. You know, listen, I'm not going to lie. If I had $85,000 lying around, I wouldn't buy it. I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> it's just way too expensive. Now now when I do the calculation. Um, but the doodle, that was a little bit more affordable. Uh, I actually bought um, what, listen, I put my money where my mouth is. I bought two, uh, two Cool Cats this weekend or on Friday because um, I was listening to also just, you know, uh, some of the things that they're doing too. I mean, that was very different. That was, ooh, what was it? Point, I mean, that was a little bit more expensive. Let me see. That one's actually gone up, by the way. Uh, cool cats. Um, I bought it for 0.79, I want to say. And it's now 0.81. Um, oh, there's still such a, a, a magic one that's still uh, for sale there. Um, but I bought my two at like point seven nine. It's got like a I don't know, like a mohawk and like a, a monocle and and a moustache and uh like two um like earrings. Um it's it's a beauty. Um and so these these are these are exciting times. These are exciting times because for the people that are still, you know, like Trust me when, trust me when I, I wish, wish, wish that I had not bought, uh, hold on, let me, let me uh, correct myself as I'm thinking out loud. I don't wish because had I not, you know, been a part of this ecosystem and bought and experienced and the highs and the lows, more lows than highs, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, But part of me wishes that I hadn't bought a single NFT and today was day one. Today was day one. I'm coming in, I'm going, hey, this NFT thing, I'm ready. What should I buy? And literally people would say, well, you can buy a Lazy Lion. You can buy a Cool Cat. You can help. You could probably buy a Moonbird if you want to. You can buy a Doodle. You could literally come in and buy maybe into seven or six of the top ten collections ever in the history of this tiny little young nascent space. But there are people that right now have a little bit of liquidity, and and this actually does take me back to something Fanzo said, which is very, very true, which is you have the ability on May 1st, 2023, to go in and look at your entire collection and you might have 5 NFTs of a collection that you bought, I don't know, I'm just going to make it up, at 1 ETH when ETH was 3000, right? So that's that's $15,000 you put into a collection. And that $15,000 right now, you could sell all of them at whatever, I mean that's what you paid for them, right? You could let's just say they're 0.33 now. So you could you could sell them, you know, for 0.33, which is like I don't know 1.6 1.7. Um and you could buy yourself a cool cat, maybe two, right? And you could take the loss, you know, uh, uh, you could take the loss when you do your taxes. So there are options. This is something fans I would said a while ago, which is sometimes you lose the battle to win the war. Sometimes you actually take a loss or a bath on something um, because it gives you the liquidity to buy into something else. So there are these interesting opportunities. And the point that I'm trying to make, if, it, if I haven't made it and I haven't made it clear enough, I'll say it again. I mean, I'll say it clearly this time. Right now, we get to look and survey the entire landscape and determine exactly which, we used to call them projects, but now we need to look at companies. Now we need to look at them as companies, as brands, as media brands. We need to look at the founders. We need to look at the team. We need to actually look at them like a startup. We need to look at the the advisory board. We need to look at investors and backing. We need to look at the business plan. You know, we need to look at the vision and mission. And yes, if they're able to execute against it, a roadmap. It's not that hard actually to do due diligence right now. Um, You know, on a project. One of them is having a CMO. By the way, we had a whole conversation on Friday about Clubhouse. Um, uh, I think maybe Chris and, and Bez were here. I did not hear from Paul or Rohan this weekend uh, or on Friday. Uh, big, uh, uh, I was going to say Beggy, but that was meant to be a Billy and Peggy. Uh, Beggy, Billy, uh, and, and Praxim. I basically sent Paul and Rohan an email and I said, listen, hi me as your CMO, I'll, I'll, I'll get you right. You don't even have to pay me, I even said. Like, seriously, like, just like, and, and we discussed ideas on our Friday show. And I was like, I wonder if we'll hear from them. I bet, I think I kind of said probably won't and, and didn't. Who's to say that they got the email? Maybe they got 10,000 emails. Maybe it went into spam. There are many reasons, maybe. Like, let's not prejudge them. Um, but the point is, I'm a marketer, I'm a brand guy. You need a CMO. Everyone needs a CMO. Everyone needs to have someone in charge of marketing. Now, there's good marketing and bad marketing. There's marketing that, that is just all about, you know, adding, you know, let's charge a premium because we're going to spend so much money. You know, the Wen Lambo, the, the Times Square billboards, you know, as, um, you know, so much. Uh, I just bought uh, into something called Naked Wines, Um, Which is a monthly membership, and they're basically just you know built on. I you know, I I sampled this idea of it's an initial box, six wines, uh, paid $34 for it, which is a monthly membership. Um, these wines are valued at $134. I tasted the first one this weekend, it actually on Vivino is ten dollars. Ten dollars, I would never buy a ten dollar bottle of wine, and and true to form, this bottle tasted like a. Twenty-five to thirty-plus um, dollar bottle of wine, and their whole point of view is very simple: is at the end of the day, when you are paying anything north of twenty-five or thirty dollars for a wine, you are paying for brand, you are paying for image, you are paying for marketing costs. Those marketing costs are being passed on to you. So, so that's the kind of bad kind of marketing. Maybe it's the necessary kind of marketing. The marketing kind of like. Uh, the necessary evil. But the flip side is I am a believer that you have to invest in order to get. You've got to spend in order to get back. You've got to invest in, it's it's like investing in your body, your health, going to the gym. You know, results are not instant. You have to work at it and work hard and work consistently. And marketing done well is about investing, investing in relationships, investing in value, investing in you know relationships um, engagement value demonstrating that value consistently that's what marketing is about at the end of the day so one litmus test if you you know if you think about it is does the collection have a Cmo do they have someone in charge of marketing like actually a dedicated person in charge of marketing? if the answer is yes then. Then there's, you know, they're they're. Uh, I'm not saying that they're major leagues, but they're certainly not little league. <laughs> you know, I mean, Daniel alegre he's the CEO of Yuga Labs. He was the CEO of Activision Blizzard. When you make a high profile signing like that, certainly the guy's going to is getting, he's getting paid. You know, no doubt he has a salary. No doubt he has equity. No doubt he has, I'm sure, a bunch of uh, board apes that were thrown in. And other side and 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 mutants and meebits and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I mean we're looking at the team. Look at the team. You know, and, and that's how you and ultimately that's how you determine if the project has got legs. So that's one way Doodle's got a CMO. Right? A meta very smart. Doodle's got a CEO. He, you know, he was actually, he unfortunately had a death in the family, but he was meant to speak um, at consensus as well. So these are the ways that we actually now determine who is going to be in it for the long haul. You know, who is left standing? I mean, it's not a, you know, yeah, it's a bit of a ghost town. um, But the question is not who fell by the wayside. The question is who is still standing. You know, and how healthy are they, and are they growing, and do they have a vision? Just because you survived, by the way, doesn't mean that you're going to win. Just because you survive doesn't mean you're going to thrive. You know, I mean, I think about, uh, you know, I think about the walking dead, right? And <laughs> There's a zombie apocalypse, and yeah, there are survivors. That doesn't mean they won. I mean, there are people basically like, you know, unfortunately... <laughs> That, you know, death is just an inevitability. It's just a stay of execution. So survival does not mean thrival. Just being able to say I'm still standing, yes, it's an achievement. But it's it just means you're still in the game. Which, by the way, it may be fantastic that 90% of the others are not in the game anymore and you are. But it still doesn't mean you're going to win. Right? We think about the World Series of Poker. Right, You can go into the World Series of Poker and you can survive day one and you can survive day two and you can survive held even day three. You can still lose um, and not be in the money, as they say. Not make it to the day when the last X number of hands where you actually, everyone who loses at that point gets a payout. At a minimum, they get their money back and they maybe make a little bit as well. And, and yes, it's an achievement, Of course, it's an achievement to say I survived day one. Hell, if I bought into the World Series of Poker, I think it's $10,000. It's a bucket list item of mine. I might do it one day if I can afford it. Um, And, you know, if I can say I made it to day two, I'll buy a T-shirt that says I made it to day two of the World Series of Poker. If I make it to day three, I'll say I made it to day three um, of the World Series of Poker. But the thing is, and for any of you that have ever played poker, you would know... You can sit at the table for... for, You can outlast people on day one without actually basically playing a hand. I mean, you could literally just, you know, fold every single hand, except for when you're small blind or big blind, for those of you that know Texas Hold'em. And unless you've got like that killer, killer hand, like bullets, right, two aces or something that's so super strong, and maybe you get lucky... And, you know, nobody raises and you get to see the flop and maybe you win a hand because you had two kings, you get a third king. The problem in this scenario is twofold. One, so remember, you can survive and say, I'm still here, I'm still standing, I made it to day two. But your quality of life is zero, right? Because what did you do? You just folded every single hand until you had a great hand. And when you play, everybody folds. Why? Because you, they read you like a book. They read you like a book because the only time you're playing, you're so predictable is when you've got like the killer hand. And, you know, and so was it worth it? Maybe, maybe you just wanted to, maybe, maybe you just wanted to say I survived. That's all I wanted. My goal was just to make it um, and stick around and maybe sit with a celebrity or, you know, or, or a professional poker player at my table. But, but you were no close to winning than someone who literally the first hand of the entire World Series of poker, the first person to go out went all in on their very first hand. And maybe they got lucky and maybe they got unlucky. Maybe they were dealt the two aces and they got a third ace, you know, and, and they ended up, um, you know, with trips and they lost to a straight that the person got on the very last card what's known as a bad beat. But at least they went out swinging. They went out fighting. They went there and they said, hey, listen, I got there. I paid my $10,000. I played one hand. I lost at one hand. But I had the chance. I had the shot. I shot my shot. I had a chance to double up. It didn't happen. Maybe I'll do better next time. So this is basically just some thoughts. These are some thoughts about kind of where we are now having just come out of consensus tomorrow I will go through all of my notes and share with you some of my individual notes from consensus but remember there's this idea of who's still standing and 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 are they primed right now for growth are they a real business do they have a real team behind them uh, can you you know are, so many of them are more affordable than they've ever been, which doesn't mean that they are affordable. But the key element is going to be now, from what I was picking up, value. Demonstration and commitment of value to shareholders, value to NFT holders, value to community members. That is what is going to determine um, the the next wave of growth. Again, the POAP right now, which is, The code is the business of web three. And as a reminder, um, you can see it just right above. And as a reminder, the actual QR code um, in the POAP, but also May 10th, May 10th is the launch of Alpha Collective um, in New York City uh, bit.ly forward slash business of web three. And um, not the business, business of web three. That will take you um, to uh, register. If you're going to be in New York City on May 10th, I would love, love, love for you to be there. I mean, what an amazing opportunity to meet you. But more importantly, if you would be so kind uh, to spread the word and share this with your uh, clients, your your customers, your friends, people you know that are in New York City and going to be around, um, that would just be tremendous there are going to be a lot more updates uh, coming this week. Um, as I said, you know, I've uh, uh, thrown my hat into the ring, made it real. Um, as opposed to talking about it, I am doing it. Will it work? Will it, will it you know, will it succeed? Will it fail? Uh, I don't know, but I just hope either way it is spectacular. Um, as are all of you spectacular. Have an amazing day. Um, get the PO app, share the QR code, share the uh, URL, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye, everyone.